Welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast, where you can hear messages from our church that will directly impact your life. Our hope is that by listening to God's Word, your life will be transformed by the power of His truth. To learn more about our church, visit cornerstonebv.org. Here's another message from Pastor Jamie at the Cornerstone Church. I'm just a florist. Got a small shop, nothing special. Silly way to spend your life, I guess, fussing with a bunch of flowers. Sometimes I wish I was good at something else. I don't know, a doctor or a missionary, someone who really helps people. But I do love flowers. I've always had an act for it. So I do my best to make them beautiful for people. But I know flowers can't change the world. I know I don't make much of a difference. I'm just a florist. I'm just a florist. That video always makes me a little emotional because um, it's like my life's dream to be able to convince all of you and myself, uh, for that matter, that the things that you're good at, that you... um, your abilities, your talents, your personality, your passions, they aren't by accident. They're not by luck or meaningless. Every single one of those things has been given to us by the Lord for his purpose. And the story, this great story that we have that Jesus told, one that's very familiar to a lot of us, um, is a story of the talents. It's one, if you have any background in church, you've probably heard, but if you haven't, welcome, you'll love it. And it's a story about that, that everything about you and the things that you have and um, experiences and people and talents and abilities are given to us by the Lord to invest in his kingdom. Let's pray. Lord, we we are so grateful that you have blessed us to be here as Tom prayed and um, both Toms actually prayed already and just to be able to gather, Lord. Um, whether we're here in person or those with us on our live stream, we love them and we know you love them and they're part of us too. And so, Lord, we're, we're grateful that you have young and old and um, all kinds of uh, different people represented in this 
room, Lord. And so we just ask together in the name of Jesus that you would do your work in the way that only you can do. Lord, we love you. Um, we praise you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, how are we doing? All right. Um, so uh, it's been weird today. I've gotten more than a few comments that I'm really dressed up today. Um, I consider that a victory because when I um, began here as a pastor, I had to wear a suit every week. Some of you remember that. Um, so my plan is complete. Now I tuck my shirt in, and you guys think I'm dressed up. That's tremendous. So welcome. You know, so uh, I, I, I've won. Uh, that's good. So I, I want to uh, also just thank Tom for the update that he gave. And I do want to mention, um, she's here, so I don't want to embarrass her, but his wife, Chris, um, you can thank her afterwards. She's had to do a lot of the kind of gritty work of paperwork and, you know, hey, do you have a deed of a building that's older than Abraham Lincoln? Uh, you know, and, and so that kind of stuff that she's done a lot of, a lot of great work. So uh, she, she does it for the Lord, but uh, good encouragement from us would be good. And plus, she won't quit on me. So that's good, too. Uh, and, and just uh, also... Um, just just keep praying for that and keep praying for those who are doing so much work with that. Uh, this has been a, a great series. We've been in the middle of the greatest stories ever told, Jesus stories, of course. Um, and so today, the, the story of the talents is actually found in uh, actually a couple of different places, but we're going to be looking in Matthew chapter 25, all right? Um, and so if you have your Bibles, you can open them up. Of course, we'll put them on the screens and put them on your TV for those of you who are at home with us. Uh, but I also want to mention, if you don't have a Bible or know someone who needs a Bible, back there, they're usually in the pews, but back there behind the wall before you leave, feel free to grab one of those, our gift to you. Um, we'll replace it. Uh, we want everyone to have the opportunity to read God's word. And so, uh, so as, as we get to this story, just a reminder that a lot of these stories, especially in Matthew that we've seen so far, are about the kingdom of God. Right, the, 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 the Matthew was written primarily to a Jewish audience, which of course then spread uh, to most of us, probably all of us who are Gentiles, non-Jews. Right, so but they were waiting on the Messiah who's going to bring the kingdom of God. They just had to learn some things about what that really meant. And, and so the Messiah is Jesus, and he comes with as he's born and lives his perfect life with the kingdom of God. So it's here, and then he dies for us for our sin. He, he rises in victory, right, over our sin and death. So now, once you put your faith in Christ, you become a citizen of his kingdom. And so now we still got to live in this world, though, right? And it doesn't always feel like the kingdom of God here. Anyone with me on that? Uh, yep. And so, so we, we're living in this already not yet because he's promised to return. And so when the king comes back after this long kind of wait for us, we got to live uh, uh, ready for that. And so I, I, I kind of put all that before you because well, the context of this story comes right after a story that we'll actually have in, in a few weeks, um, the parable of the ten virgins, which is all about being ready for Jesus when he comes, right? And so he tells that story, be ready, be ready, be ready. Now he's going to tell us this story to teach us what does that look like. What does it mean in this world that's already kind of waiting for the not yet, waiting for the kingdom to come in all of its glory, right, with Jesus? How do we live? And so this story teaches us what does readiness look like, okay? And, and so he, he launches right into it, verse 14, and so he says, for it, which you can fill it in, the kingdom of God, for the kingdom of God, right, will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. 
Right, so you have this, this master of this house, and of course, he's saying it's like the kingdom of God. So this is like Jesus, right? He, 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 he calls his servants, right? And, and, and he's going to go on this journey. There's going to be a delay as they wait for him to come back. And, and so this is what he does with his servants. He says, to one, he gave five talents. To another, two. To another, one. To each, according to his ability. And then he went away. So we see this, there's a couple of questions, there's a couple of things here. Number one, what is a talent? Because if we speak English, many of us speak English, right? Um, we know what a talent is in English. Did you know that word actually came from this story? Right? So, so the, the whole idea of talent, we can read back into the story what came from this story. So um, the, the, actually, in Jesus' original audience, a talent was money. It was the biggest form of money they had in their, their society. We don't really know how big. There's a lot of conjecture, but I think it, it kind of varied because it wasn't like cash in your wallet. It was weighted precious metal, so it depended on the metal. Gold, silver, right, you know, copper or, or, or bronze or something like that. But it was, the, the, for our purposes, it's a big amount of money. Even if you had that one, you, that was a, still a significant amount, right? So five is crazy, probably not realistic. Again, it's somewhat realistic, but it's to prove out Jesus' point. This is a fictional story. So one is given five, one is two, and one is given one. So, so what we also see, because remember, this is the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, right, it's clear that not all of us are given the same amount, right? And, that, and, and, and so I put that before you because we're going to see throughout the story and is that is that the idea here is not results. It's not what you've done or how much you make, right? It is faithfulness with what you have. So don't measure yourself necessarily up against anyone else, but what opportunities do you have and have you been faithful? Because right? you might have gotten two or one or a half or a quarter. That's fine. That's what the master gave you. What do you do with it, right? Okay, so what do they do with it? Jesus continues his uh, story. He says, he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them. I want, I want you to notice that phrase, went at once. And he made five talents more. Verse 17, so also he who had the two talents made two talents more. So they're both very successful, right? Both double their money, right? But that at once is critical. That, that it, it wasn't like, I don't know, some of you were like a student like me where you know you got a test in a couple of months. You can wait till the night before, Right? That's not a priority in your life, is it? But if you're like, I am going to begin now. And so he says right away, the master wants me to do this. I'm going to get busy. Priority. Both of them had that priority. But now we got the third guy. And so, but he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. So very different. No risk at all here. He's doing what the master himself could have done. What does he need someone to dig a hole for, right? He, 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 the master could have kept his money with him, kept his talent with him. But he digs a hole and, and, he, and he does that. So, so that's, that's what all of them do with their money. And now Jesus says, after a long time. That's key, right? We know the New Testament thinks of the return of Christ in an imminent way. And that's a good way to live your life. But even in Jesus' story, he teaches us sort of subtly here, from our perspective, it feels like a long time. Come, Lord Jesus, come, right? And so there's this extended time that Jesus sort of skips through. That's in, in the, the kingdom uh, idea. That's, that's where we're living right now. But, but he kind of skips through that, and now the master returns after a long time. 
and, and, and those servants came and he settled accounts with them. So that shows you right there that uh, the servant was expecting them to do something with those talents. Because otherwise he'd just say, give it back to me and not settle accounts. Settle accounts means what, what did you make with that talent that I, that I gave you? And so what happens? And he would receive the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. And the master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. Notice that, faithfulness, right? He does not say, great, ten talents, what can I buy with that? He says, you've been faithful. And because of that, you've shown yourself to be good. He says, you've been faithful over a little. Now, that's not really a little in the worldly standards, but to the master, it's nothing compared to what will be given him. He says, I will set you over much Enter into the joy of your master. Now here Jesus seems to be leaking the application into the story, right? He doesn't usually do this. And what I mean by that is that's a really weird term for like a, a master to say to a slave. You know, you made me some money. Come into the joy of your master. It's not a normal phrase. So Jesus is kind of bringing them back to what he's really talking about. It's when he returns, those who are faithful, there is this amazing sort of uh, entering in to the eternal joy of Jesus. And what we had in this life will be nothing in comparison to what he has in the joy and eternity with him. And so, of course, he has the, the second guy uh, come. And, and, and the question that, that you should have here is he made, he doubled his money, but he still only made two talents, not five. Is there lesser of a reward for him? Let's look. And he also who had the two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. You see, it's not results. It's not the amount. It's you had two and you were faithful. Enter into the joy of your master. You had five, you had two. Both enter the joy of your master. Okay, so this story so far is amazing and great, but there's that third guy, right? There's that third guy, verse 24. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward, saying, Master, I, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. So he digs it up and he says, this is what you gave me before you came back. It's been a long time. Have it back. That's not going to go over great. Let's see as Jesus tells it. He says, but his master answered him, you, not good and faithful anymore, wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. Now remember, Jesus usually has one point in his parables, and he's not telling us that this is actually the attitude of him, right, our master. He, he's saying, the point is, if you really believed that of me, why wouldn't you at least put it in the bank? Do something with what I gave you. You just dug a hole. I could have done that, right? You made excuses. You had no risk at all. Right? You, you were just afraid, and so you did nothing with what I gave you. And then Jesus 
ends the story by this. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We've seen, especially uh, in Matthew, he uses this term that Jesus would use um, often as an expression of hell, which is separation from the kingdom. Right? It's, it's, it's outside of the kingdom. And it's this idea, we've seen this before, right, in these stories, this idea of um, darkness and mourning because you have such regret that you had the opportunity to come into the joy of the master and you rejected it. You rejected that opportunity. You rejected it by not being faithful, by not trusting in him. And so he's kind of setting in this contrast. These two who are faithful enter into the joy of their master, and this one who isn't is cast into the outer darkness. Now let's be clear. Last week, we, if you were with us, we talked a lot about how to be in the kingdom is grace. It's unmerited, unearned favor that God saves you right through your faith in Jesus Christ. He's not uh, telling us anything different here. What he's saying is, if you're truly born again in Christ because of his grace, you will be faithful. Right now, it's a process. It's called sanctification. You're not going to be perfectly faithful this side of heaven. But your life will have faithfulness because you've been made new. You're a new creature, right? Like, have you ever noticed that a bear acts like a bear? Crazy, right? A dog acts like a dog. You know why? Because it's a dog. So if you're a Christian, you act like a Christian. Now, there's a lot of confession and a lot of learning and a lot of process there the Holy Spirit's doing. But you will look back and you will see faithfulness. If you don't, it's a measuring point of, am I really in the kingdom or am I paying lip service to it? Remember, this story came after that ten vir- the ten virgins story to teach us what does it mean to be ready. And, and what it means is this story is kingdom readiness is kingdom faithfulness. Faithfulness. What has the Lord given me and have I been faithful to invest it in his kingdom? Right? Have I been faithful? So um, a lot of times this, um, this story will be told and then the sermon will be on your abilities, which is good, but still too limited. Or there's been sermons preached on money, which always makes everyone uncomfortable, but still uh, an okay application. But I want to make sure we step back a little. It isn't that narrow focused, okay? That, that really what we're talking about are opportunities that each of us have. Right, and and so I kind of came up with this sort of pie chart, and um, when I came up with it, it was scrawled on pen on a notebook. I took a picture of it and sent it to Steve, and he made this. So this looks a lot better than I have. Um, but I want you to kind of see this. We're going to come back to this a little bit more specifically. But the idea is step back and realize that we have opportunities to invest. Right? And opportunities are all kinds. The people in your life, the, 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 the monies that I have in my life, the time that I have in my life, the abilities, the, the work that you have, the family that you have, your experiences, all of that are opportunities to invest. Okay? What are opportunities? Right? What is an opportunity? All of those things. Right? So, so the, the idea is what do you then do with your opportunities? That's what this story is teaching. What are you doing? 
And I think it's saying to us that we're always investing. You're investing your time in something, aren't you? You're investing your money in something. You're investing your abilities in something. You're investing your experiences in something. Always, every day of your life, you're investing. But the question is, are, uh, who am I investing in? Am I investing in the kingdom of God or the kingdom of me? The third servant was investing in him. He was afraid. He made excuses, right? Oh, you're hard. You're difficult. That won't, I can't, right? All excuses because he and his kingdom and his comfort and what he wants in his life are more important than his master. And so that's the point of the story, is that you're going to every day invest the opportunities you have, either in your kingdom or in his. Now, listen, I'm not going to hold services anytime soon, and people aren't going to come and give money to Jamie and pray to Jamie and worship Jamie. Nobody would show up. I wouldn't even show up. That would be dumb, right? But still, think about it. We take these opportunities, and we either say, this is invested in the kingdom of God. I'm not saying every bit to like official programs of the church, like your time or, or your money, but you're going to look and say, what is this doing? And is the Lord going to look at this and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Right? And so um, if you look back with me here in this, this chart, uh, I'll break it down just a little bit. Now, not every single one of them. So step back and don't just look at one thing. But the first thing I, I want you to see is actually number two in the list. It's kind of to the right and towards the top. Um, and it's priority. Do you remember how that servant said at once he went to work? Now, I have no doubt. It's just a story, so I have to kind of guess at this, right, because these people didn't really live. But I have no doubt that, that if they're real people, they're not spending every waking moment investing that money. They have families and they have other things they got to do. And, and, and so their life is a whole range of different things. But priority. You see, faithfulness is always going to be priority. If you say, I'm a faithful mother or father to my kids, but you never care about them, you never listen to them, you're never there for them, you don't, right? you're not faithful to them, are you? Right? If you're faithful to your job, you prioritize your job. If you're faithful to your husband or wife, you prioritize them. Right? And that's just how it is. So what this story teaches us is that once they went and did it, and it's not about everything, it's just about your priority. What matters most about these opportunities in my life? Right? So, so you, you, you see these various things. That, uh, I'll take you to uh, number eight, which is to the upper left and the top of your screen, and that's time. We all have time, right? We don't know how much time we have, but we all have it. Some of us feel this season that we have too much of it. Some of us feel like we have not enough of it, but we have it. You know something I'm getting really sick of is this, everyone thinks this is really funny, and I'm finding it not funny at all, and I'm really not looking forward to New Year's Eve, and it's this joke about, uh, don't worry, I just saw this posted yesterday, only 60-something days till 2020's over. And I know it's supposed to be funny, but do we think God took 2020 off? It hasn't been my favorite year either. But what the Lord would say is, in these 60-something days, you have opportunities Maybe they're different opportunities than you were expecting. <laughs> they are for me as well, but they are. And the question is, am I going to go, I'm just going to hide and wait for this whole thing to be over with? Or do I see opportunities with this time? And so what do you do with your time? Yeah, there's official ministries we do, and we come to church, and right now you're investing. I mean, you could have done a lot of other things. Here you are, right? Because you're like, this matters. Worshiping God, hearing his word, it matters, right? It, so, yeah, there's that time. But then there's your times at work, your times and your hobbies. 
Is it wrong to go out and play golf? No, but what if I found opportunities to bless someone while I'm playing golf? Right? How am I going to do that? Well, pray about it, right? Or during my job, if I'm a florist or I'm an engineer or if you're at home with the kids or even if you're not, if you're single, what are you doing with your time? You're either investing it in your own kingdom and making excuses to the master or we're investing it in his, right? Another big one, as I said, is often used at number one is um, money. Uh, makes people, you know, money, money is just a tool, right? People mess up the verse all the time that, that money is the root of all evil. It's not. What is? The love of money, the pursuit of it. It's just a tool. You can do good things with it, bad things. It's just a tool, right? And some of us wish we had more tools than we do, right? But especially for Americans, like money's big for us. It's a status thing. Other cultures, it's career or what you do. For us, it's how much bread you got in the bank. And that gives us status. And we feel, me included, we're, we gravitate towards thinking, it's my money. I've earned it. Now, I don't know. I've never had this happen. If you've had money, like, given to you or, like, in a huge, uh, you know, inheritance or you won the lottery or something. I don't play the lottery because I got terrible luck. So, and, you know, and you won the lottery, um, see me after church. But before that, uh, you know, I don't know. You can easily say, well, that's from God. I mean, I didn't do anything. But most of us, we have the money, and it's like, like even my own experience, I look at Heather and I, only one of our parents went to college, and they, they really instilled in us, like, you can, you, you can go to school, you can do, and, and, and so both of us worked really hard. Heather's a nurse, she works really hard, right, for her money, harder than she probably, especially these days, and, and uh, it took me eight years to get through seminary. I did it part-time, but it took a long time, and so, uh, yeah, it's easy for me to think, that's my money, but it's not. It's the Lord's money that he's given me. I wouldn't have had the family that I had that supported me, the, the country to, to do what I've done, I ha- the, the mind or the abilities, the, the good fortune to meet the people that I met when I did, and, and, and the same for all of us, whatever that might be, right? It's from the Lord, and that's how we got to think of it. Hold it loosely, like Ecclesiastes. It's like a vapor. It's here today, gone tomorrow. And, you know, I was reading the other day that if, that if Christian, now tithing is an Old Testament principle that we're really not sure if it's New Testament or not. But someone said, hey, if all believers gave 10%, right, then world hunger would be solved and millions more people would hear the gospel if not. Because on average, it's 2 to 3%. Now, we don't hold legalistically to a number, but we say, what are we doing with our money? And in America, it's one of the biggest kind of heavy burdens that we have because we have such opportunity in comparison to the rest of the world. So the Lord has given us that opportunity. And maybe for you, it's much little, much little, or whether it's time and you're like, you know what, I don't have much left. I'm on the back nine. Or money, it's, you know, I don't, I don't make a whole lot. Remember, it's not about the amount. It's about faithfulness, right? God doesn't care he, he, about the amount and the results of that amount. He cares about the faithfulness with what he's given you. You look at people. People, uh, you know, we all have different people in our life. People we love, we love to spend time with. I hope that's people in your household. And it isn't always, but I hope so. But there's people that drive us nuts, right? What do we do with the people? How do we invest in them, right? How do, how do we invest the kingdom of God in those relationships? I look at abilities and gifts and talents kind of in one category, but there, there's some 
you know, variables there. But reminder that, like that video, the florist, like you can easily think, what's the big deal? I do this. I, I'm home raising, you know, four kids. Or, I, I, uh, okay, I'm an engineer. What's that doing for the kingdom of God? Or I'm a florist. Or, I, I, you know, I'm a, uh, whatever your career might be or whatever uh, situation God has, I'm retired, right? What, what, what do you do? All those abilities, even like you're an introvert and that makes you a good listener. God gave you that. Maybe you're an extrovert and you're great with people. God gave that to you, right? You're great with words. You're great, to re- you're great at reading. You're great at writing. You're artistic. You're athletic, right? You're personable or you're, uh, you're, you're, you're poetic. You, you, whatever it is, these are not by accident. These are opportunities for the kingdom. And you've got to look for them. Pray about them. Right? Find opportunities to take what God made for you and you to be for his kingdom. That's what the story's all about. Am I faithful to what I'm good at? Some of you, I don't have this issue, but uh, some of you have it. God's made you really physically attractive. I see you out there. That's not a luck of the gene draw, you know? Right? God has made you that way, and you can leverage it for your kingdom or for his. Right? All of this stuff that we're good at, that we're passionate about. There's a reason for it. And I would just say, lastly, um, number three is experience. It's something we don't always think about. Our experiences that we've been through. Not just our good ones that we'd love to go back to, but the really bad ones that we don't want to go back to. These are opportunities, right? These are opportunities to invest in the kingdom. Some of you are doing that. I see, uh, not to embarrass her, but Jocelyn Swader's back there, and Jocelyn uh, had breast cancer, not something that we would want her ever to experience again. But she has taken that experience and has now walked alongside so many people going through or recovering from cancer. She's taken a horrible experience and invested it in the kingdom. Pastor Bob, right, he's been a senior pastor for years. Instead of retiring and going, you know, sailing somewhere, he's here. Offering up the experiences, a lot of failures in there, to make sure I try not to repeat his failures, right? And all of us, right? He's he's taking that experience. He's saying, all right, what am I going to do with that in the kingdom of God? Good, bad, little. You are shaped. And that's why I wanted to put it all in one kind of place for kingdom investment. Because if you look at it with me, this is most of our, our, our uh, uh, lives are, and, and, and opportunities are a mixture of these things, right? It's not just one and then you move on. Okay, what am I doing with my money? Okay, what's uh, people in my life? It's, it's all kinds of, of uh, mixtures. Like there's a person in my life and I might give them some money uh, in the behalf of Christ. Or I might spend time with them, right? Or I might share my experience or my abilities for them to bless them. All of this is the opportunities are our talents. And the question is, what are we doing with them? And the question is, would the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant? And that's the question that we will end with. But before we do, I want to just kind of remind us that... uh, Here we go. The end of that, the sobering end of that story, shows us and reminds us that faithfulness proves genuineness. I mean, that's something you know, right? I mean, if I'm faithful to my wife, right? I mean, if I say I'm faithful to my wife, how do you know it's genuine? I'm actually faithful to her, right? I mean, 
it's one thing to say something. It's another thing to look at your life and say, would the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant? And we have to ask because it's easy to kind of flip by and say, no, 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 I'm a Christian. He's my master. I'm in the kingdom. Because why? I, well, my parents are Christians, or I went to church, or I went to a youth camp, and I prayed a prayer. But if you look at your life and there's no faithfulness, there's no faithfulness in the opportunities God gives you, the, the, the real weighing question is, am I really, really his? Have I really trusted in Jesus Christ? Because if you've been born again in Christ, it will happen. You will start to see, little by little, not as much as we'd like to, you'll start to see faithfulness in the opportunities God's given you. So here's what I want to do as we, we um, come close to the end, is I just want to ask this question. I'm going to clear out and invite our worship team up. Um, but I, I want you to look with me in this, this question, because the question is this. This moment right now, would God say, well done, good and faithful servant? And I want us to think about this question generally and then very specifically. And generally is this, right? Right now, if I were to meet the Lord, would he look at my life and would he say, well done, good and faithful servant? Like when this is all, when we wrap up here in a few minutes, we sing and we all go off to where we're going. I'll probably wait in, I'll, I'll lock the doors and I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll turn off the lights and then I'll usually go out this door and head over to my truck. And I don't know, my office is right there. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but out here can be a speedway for people trying to beat the light. I'm like, man, someone's going to get killed out there eventually, right? And, and so I could leave. I could be thinking about something else, something maybe one of you said to me. And boom, someone tried to beat the light, and I'm done. Now, granted, last night after preaching this, I looked very carefully. I'm like, wouldn't that be ironic? I want this just to be a sermon illustration, right? So, but what if that happened? And then I meet the Lord, and, and the Lord says to me, right, like, what is he going to say to me? Are you, is it going to be, well done, good and faithful servant? And I know, you, you know, have I been faithful? And I hope, you know, I hope you're out there, Pastor, I think you have been. That's great, but you're not God, right? That's all that matters is will the Lord look at my life and say you've been faithful? You've been faithful because I was faithful to you first. That's the first way I want you to answer it. But the second is, if you say, yeah, I, th- I think that's me, that's why this moment right now, I want us to think of our lives this way. Even right now, are you thinking, you know what, I want to weigh this, I want to ask the Lord, or I can't wait to get out of here. What would the Lord say about the moment right now? Right? And so, if, if, next, if tomorrow, if you can write this on your hand or keep it, like, just this question. What would God say to me right now with, when we leave here, how I'm treating my spouse, how I'm treating my parents, how I'm, if I'm single or I'm by myself, what I put on my device or what I put on my TV or how I think about someone. What a great constant question. If Jesus were here right now, because, you know, he is, right, and he were to, would he say, well done good and faithful servant with this opportunity to speak to someone, to love someone, to be patient with someone, to care, what would he say? Well done, good and faithful servant. So what I want to do as as they play for, for a minute is I want you to just contemplate that question and then I'll pray.
pray that um, you'll bless anyone who's here now or watching this at home. And, and Lord, they're feeling the weight of that question. Does my life have faithfulness to you? And I pray that if it isn't and they're not Christians and maybe they were pretending to themselves, that you would show by your grace that all they have to do is cry out in faith to you. Even right now, Jesus, save me. Jesus, I trust fully in you. And Lord, would you through your Holy Spirit just rescue their hearts and recreate them to be the new creations in Jesus. And then Lord, we can celebrate as their life begins that process of faithfulness. Lord, I pray for myself and all the others who are here and listening who are in Christ, but um, we're not feeling so faithful now about certain things. I pray, Lord, that you would remind us of your mercy and grace and love. Lord, put that question on our minds and hearts, not just right now, but throughout our days, this, this week and the next week and the week after. So we see even frustrating moments or moments that we'd rather not, that they are opportunities Lord, that we'll see people as opportunities, that we'll see money as opportunity, we'll see our jobs as opportunity, our hobbies, our abilities, our experiences, good and bad, as opportunities to invest. Lord, get us excited about faithfulness. It's all you ask of us. Lord, we long, long to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. I pray that everyone, everyone, who hears my voice right now, hears those words someday. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Let's stand and sing. Thank you for listening to the Cornerstone Church podcast. To listen to more messages or check out our church, please visit cornerstonebv.org. If you are looking for a church home in the Blackstone Valley, please join us on a Sunday morning at either 9 or 11. We are a gospel-centered church where our lives are transformed by the power of God's word.